Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. Hey there, it is Tuesday, June the 19th, 2018. Dev, some headlines that people are following here in London today. Well, we had the uh, job losses in uh, Tilsonburg, 71 people out of work by the end of the year. That's uh, terrible news, but also incredible news just with regards to lightning and the amount of people who get hit by lightning every year. We had five hit in, uh, just near Tilsonburg yesterday. That storm was crazy, man. It was nuts. It came in like a... Like, and I was texting a buddy of mine works outside. I'm like, oh my goodness, you must be done work for the day. He was out in the um, in the south end of the city. He's like, what are you talking about? I was in the north end. Like, Dude, you can't see out my windows. It's raining so hard. But it is amazing how... Sometimes it just completely misses the south end of London. It's it's weird too. Like I'm not even kidding. I looked at the back my back window uh, yesterday and I said, "Oh, it stopped raining." I looked at my front window and it was coming down on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. Anyways, back to the lightning. The people were hit by lightning because they were standing under a tree. Which rule number one in a lightning storm: don't stand under or next to any tall objects. Right. Hundred percent. I think the start of the day is please say 150 to 160 people get struck by lightning a year and are injured six to ten are struck and killed which seems like a lot wow i feel like i would have met somebody who's been hit by lightning if that many people get hit don't they say it's easier to get struck by lightning than it is to win the lottery yes yeah probably true we've met some people who have won the lottery i've never (laughs) met anyone who's been struck by lightning the tasho podcast and we're talking video games it's uh, it's now an official addiction. Video game addiction is recognized by the World Health Organization. And we're asking you, what is the most addictive video game you've ever played? Uh, some calls coming in. Hey there. Hey, how's it going? What's the most addictive video game of all time? It's got to be World of Warcraft. Yeah, is that the one you were saying, Jim? Yeah, Warcraft? World of Warcraft. What, yeah. what makes it so addictive? I think it's the sense of accomplishment. It's like I played that game 72 hours straight. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks. No, you didn't sleep. I, I didn't sleep. I stayed awake on like energy drinks and coffee. That's just like being on Coke for a weekend in Vegas. Like, that's how intense it is. The thing is, they design these games to actually be addictive. Like, the reward system that they give you, it's like you put in a little bit of time, it gives you a little bit of a reward. It, it, it's, it's psychologically designed to keep you playing. So it, it, it is designed to be addictive. Well, that's what I think most of these video games are now. It's the sense of accomplishment. It's covering up, like, you know, what, what kind of accomplishment you can have in real life, and, they, and it's a lot easier to accomplish. Yeah. So, so they get that sense of accomplishment, that sense of uh, doing something, completing something, and it's addictive. And they, and they kids and... Uh, Did I you feel that. guilty after, like, when you finally realized, were you like, oh, my God, I just played a video game for 72 hours straight. I'm a piece of dirt. Well, actually, when I did it, I was very proud of myself. I'm like, yeah, 72 hours. But now that I look back at it, I'm going, what was I thinking? <laughs> but honestly, I still play World of Warcraft. I just, I just don't do it as often. I might play, like, maybe once a week, twice a week. Mm. That's it. Be careful. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> I'll try not to. <laughs> As he slams the brakes on and pulls a Yui. <laughs> you know what? Forget work today. I haven't played Warcraft in a while. <laughs> I can handle it. I'll only play for an hour. Just a taste. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. They they engineer these games to be addictive. And if video games are now recognized as something that 
are an addiction, should there be some sort of regulation on how addictive the companies who are building these things can make them? It should there be things that aren't allowed in these games, little hooks that keep you playing for 72 hours at a time. I don't know. That seems really hard to regulate. I, w- I think maybe a, just like a publicity campaign, like this is no joke. You know, like when they find out that Red Bulls are really bad for you or whatever, and then like it starts becoming public knowledge. I guess people still drink a lot of Red Bull, so it doesn't work. But Yeah, people still drink alcohol and they know that, hey... You know, that's that's what alcoholics do. They know it's bad for you, but they just can't help themselves. People still smoke cigarettes and there's blackened pictures of lungs on the on the on the cigarette cartons. Like I don't know what you could do to stop people. Start putting warning labels with pictures of forty year old men still living in their parents' basement on the cover <laughs> of every video game. <laughs> Ruined divorce. This could be you. <laughs> And uh, Kim is on the phone. Kim, you can relate. Your life has been touched by uh, video game addiction as well. Well, I got to agree with Buddy who just called in about, wow, World of Warcraft. Right. Um, I was actually engaged to be married. And then the fella fell in love with, wow, needless to say, he's single now. No. You you dumped your fiancé because he was addicted to World of Warcraft. Yep. That, that other guy is not lying. The whole 72-hour thing, totally doable with that World of Warcraft. What is the what is the draw, though? Like, what is it that makes you want to play, like, that you can't shut it off? I have no clue. I haven't been into video games since, like, the Crash Bandicoot days. <laughs> <laughs> and would you come into the room in, like, sexy lingerie, and he's on the computer, and he wouldn't even turn his head, that sort of thing? Hundred percent. But did you ever put on a wizard's hat and come in the room sexually? <laughs> <laughs> Not in this lifetime. <laughs> the matching wizard's hat. Victoria's Secret needs to start selling those. <laughs> Just for any woman with uh, with a fiance addicted to wow. Yeah, the World of Warcraft edition. <laughs> he couldn't make you say wow, so you left him. That's right, you got it. To play with his own joystick. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Thanks, Kim. I hope he's listening right now. So do I. He's probably been up for 142 hours playing his game. Probably. You guys have an awesome day. You too, bye. Chris, what's going on? Uh, You guys are talking about a dip in video games. Ark seemed to be the biggest one for me. Ark? Yep, and... Based off of uh, catching and training dinosaurs, and some of them took like 36 hours straight. Wow. You have to hand feed them, and if once they're infants, they'll run away on you, they'll die on you if you're not watching them. How did you break your addiction? Um, Work actually kind of got in the way. (laughs) Work (laughs) Work got in the way. way. (laughs) Uh, And sometimes even then, I was still playing. I'd be up for like four or five days straight, go to work, come home, and just solid play. No. was mad at me. Oh, yeah. But you're good now. You're clean. Yeah, I'm not playing anywhere near as much as I used to. But that oh, it sounds like you still have one foot in it. Oh, one foot, but I put something like over 2,000 hours just into that game alone. <laughs> oh, man. Oh you know it only takes 10,000 hours to be an expert at something. 
<laughs> you could have got your pilot's license. <laughs> uh, yeah, my wife wouldn't trust me in a plane. <laughs> you could have got a heating and cooling apprenticeship. <laughs> you got your ticket. <laughs> hey, but your pretend dinosaurs are cool, too. <laughs> the Taz Show Podcast. I want to give a big Tasmania kudos. Kudos. To the liquor inspector here in London, who has allowed uh, liquor to be served during the World Cup yeah! in clubs and bars at 9 a.m. Love it. This is this is happening. We, we were talking a couple weeks back about how uh, in Toronto they were allowed to do this, but here in London uh, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, it's not the case now. It's green light, go, 9 a.m., you can order beer if the World Cup's on. Now, I, I gotta say though, Taz, the games start at 8. <laughs> like, could you not bump it up an extra hour? I gotta wait till after the first half. Let's let's take what we can get I here. So. 9am, have a glass of water, a coffee, and then ease your way into the beer at 9. It's the quietest green light for morning boozing I've ever heard. Yeah, you're a little shocked by this, Dev. You're uh, you're taken aback because you guys were just doing stories. We did multiple interviews with bars in London about how they were upset they weren't going to be able to do what Toronto did, and they were too late in the process. And, and you uh, had the German guy, uh, we the, German we, we, club guy on? We talked to the German club. Right. And they didn't... Uh, well, I was at the German club on Sunday, and... We rubbed their back. They didn't rub ours. <laughs> You're mad that they didn't tell you. Well, they should have called you. I mean, you'd think they'd want to advertise that fact. Yeah. Wait, is the, are we sure this bylaw went through and they're not doing it <laughs> under the table? Well, I was in two bars at 9 a.m. on the weekend. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I went with my family for breakfast at Wink's okay. downtown on uh, on Saturday. And Dennis there, he's like, yeah, they it went through. You can order a beer if you want, Taz. And I was so tempted, just not because I really wanted a beer, but I just, it was nine o'clock in the morning and I could order one. Is put it in a, put it in a coffee cup for me <laughs> so I don't feel, actually that makes you feel like more of a drunk. <laughs> when you got to hide it? Yeah. yeah, that's bad. Just drink it in the bathroom by yourself. <laughs> but yeah, Saturday morning at 9am, Winks was serving beer. And then at the German club, the uh, the MC before the match got on the microphone, and he said thank you so much to the Ontario liquor inspector who came in here, and he told us that the reason they didn't go ahead and change the rule was because the election was going on, and nobody wanted to make new policy during the election because it might be controversial. So as soon as the election was over... They quietly came in and said, hey, guys, go ahead and serve your booze at 9 a.m. Interesting. How would that be controversial? Who would be against that? That would have swayed my vote. Teetotalers, bud. (laughs) There's one or two in the province. The teetotalers aren't fans of people drinking at 9 a.m. Yeah, there's always a couple. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just skip out at 9 o'clock now. (laughs) (laughs) What time's this show over? (laughs) Just got a text message. From one of our listeners says, hey, Taz and Jim, FYI, they're selling beer early now on the golf courses, too. So even if you're not watching the World Cup, you can still sell booze early. Is that what I'm I'm hearing here? This is what one of our listeners has said. We need to know if this is true. Yeah, um, on that 
drinking early at the golf course there. Yeah. Uh, I was out on the weekend. We were with my buddies, and uh, we uh, we got Caesars at 9 in the morning. What course were you playing? I was down by Woodstock. Is it a sketchy golf course, or do you think they were well, following the rules? I wasn't sure. I, I I was kind of thinking it was a little sketchy of a golf course, but now that you say that, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of wondering. Now it makes sense. Yeah, we, we never got served before that early. I mean, we were debating on whether to throw a couple pops in our bags and then <laughs> calm that out. Okay, so this might be a reality. For the next month, you can get beer at 9 o'clock in the morning at bars and on the golf course. I'm thinking. Sounds like it. The Tash Show Podcast. Hey, bud, you know, interesting stuff happens in the country, too. Some sometimes. So I guess it's time for the rural report. The rural, rural, rep, rural report. There we go, bud. Yes, we like to keep track of what's going on in the small towns, in the FM ninety six listening area and beyond. Here is Mitchell Ontario's Jim Kelly with more. Oh yeah! Shout out to Steve for sending me this story. I knew it was going to be a good one just by the title of the article. I'm not going to tell you what exactly the title was, but. I love this, Taz. Ingersoll is where we're taking the rural report to this morning. This one's for the Fifis. This one's for the Fifis in Ingersoll. Guy around is in around 30. Some witnesses saw him being kind of sketchy over by this park. He's over by some tall grass. See him pull out some matches from his pocket. Uh-oh. Yeah. Starts lighting the matches. And ends up lighting a grassy area totally on fire. So the blaze is going. And if that's not enough, over the roar of the flames, he starts playing a children's recorder. Strange. So he's like the Pied Piper or something like that. Sets a fire, starts playing the most annoying instrument. He's like... He's like a Jimi Hendrix if Jimi Hendrix was playing a children's instrument, you know, start a fire. He's Jimboree Hendrix is who he is, basically. <laughs> so the fire blows out. He's not done yet. He lights the grass up again, Taz. No. He, just like Jimi Hendrix, he wants the encore. Goes for it again. By the time the Ingersoll Fire Service got called out there, he was already gone, though. But the flame, the flames were still going. The man was nowhere to be seen. If I showed up to the scene and I had to choose between putting out the fire and stopping that recorder racket, my priority would be putting an end to the recorder being played. (laughs) (laughs) I know the grass is burning, but so are my ears. So they didn't catch the guy. They did not catch the guy. They're looking for a 30-year-old man, like I said, who was walking a small white dog at the same time. And... He may have been there with a female, according to one witness. So maybe this was a hot Tinder date, literally. <laughs> but I'm going to guess that the female uh, didn't have this in mind when he said, hey, you want to listen to some music and burn some grass? <laughs> what? A, oh, man. What a disappointment that would be. If you have a rural report you'd like shared on the Taz Show, email the story to jim at fm96.com. The Taz Show Podcast.
The MTV Movie and Television Awards went down last night. Here's some of the big winners. Scene Stealer. And the Scene Stealer is Madeline Hess. Most Frightened Performance. And the Most Frightened Performance goes to <laughs> Noah Schnapp, Stranger. Best Hero. And the Best Hero is Chadwick Boseman. Best Kiss. And Best Kiss goes to Love, Simon, Nick Robinson. Performance. And the best comedic performance is Tiffany Haddish. And the best reality series goes to Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Best Village. Michael Bay Jordan. The MTV Movie and TV Awards Best Fight winner is Wonder Woman. Best on-screen team. The Losers Club from it. The best performance in a show is Millie Bobby Brown, Stranger Things. Best performance in a movie. Chadwick Boseman. And the best show is Stranger Things. The best movie goes to Black Motherfucking Panther. <laughs> it is one of the more fun uh, award shows. I always enjoy the MTV Movie and TV Awards just for the the categories alone. Like they had. Most, what was it, most terrified performance? Most frightened. Most frightened. Most frightened performance. It's uh, the kid who played Will Byers in Stranger Things, and mm-hmm. if you've watched season two, he's pretty He's pretty frightened that entire, uh, that entire time. He's like, I, he's got his tail between his legs the whole time. <laughs> ah, what's wrong with me? Ah, oh, look, I'm seeing something in the sky over there. Oh. <laughs> Some cool moments last night. Tiffany Haddish, uh, she's had a huge year. She was the host. Uh, got some decent reviews for her uh, her comedy. Chadwick Boseman, big winner, obviously, Black Panther. This is really neat. He won the award for Best Hero, and he decided to give his award away to someone else. Receiving an award for playing a superhero is amazing, but it's even greater to acknowledge the heroes that we have in real life. I just want to acknowledge somebody that's here today, James Shaw Jr. Where are you stand? If you don't know James Shaw Jr., he fought off a gunman in Antioch, Tennessee at a Waffle House to save lives. Come on up here. So this is gonna live at your house. It's gonna live at your house. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that guy is awesome. That video is amazing, him fighting that guy with the gun. He saved lives. He he put himself uh, in front of a gun to save other people. He is a true hero. I mean, uh, yeah, thanks for the the popcorn statue uh, thingy. Yeah, that no celebrities actually really want to keep. Yeah, appreciate that, Chadwick. How about uh, maybe a, a mortgage payment or something as well? <laughs> no, very, very generous, very nice. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, also from Black Panther. He played Killmonger in Black Panther. He won Best Villain, and he said someone else deserved to win. I am, I'm shocked that I, uh, that I won this award for Best Villain. You know, I... I thought for sure Roseanne had that in the bag, you know? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, good one. And congratulations to Chris Pratt. He won, and you know you're getting old when you win the Generation Award. What? He won the Generation Award. So it's not quite the Lifetime Achievement Award, but 
close. So what does that mean? It's like for the last like 10 years he's been doing good? Yeah, he's 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 now the old guard passing it on to the next generation and he gave some life advice to the up and coming stars in television and movies. This is what I call nine rules from Chris Pratt, generation award winner. Number 1, breathe. Number 2, you have a soul. Be careful with it. Number three, don't be a turd. <laughs> Number four, when giving a dog medicine, put the medicine in a little piece of hamburger, they won't even know they're eating medicine. <laughs> Number five, doesn't matter what it is, earn it. Number six, God is real. Number seven, if you have to poop at a party, lock the door, <laughs> sit down, get all the pee out first, and then once all the pee's done, poop, flush, boom. Just, tr just trust me, it's science. Number eight, learn to pray. And finally, number nine, nobody is perfect, but there is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you're willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. And like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Do not forget it. Don't take it for granted. I like how he sandwiched the uh, the poop tip in between God is real and learn <laughs> to pray. <laughs> yeah. The top priorities. Only Generation Award winner Chris Pratt could get away with that. The Tash Show Podcast.